0: Say you're like a, a client of mine and you're like, hey, Nate, how do we how do we know who to work with? I always ask kind of two questions. Do you care about if they align with your brand and what your culture is about at your you know business and or at your you know stay? If you're somebody who is, you know, um, like for example, we just were out in Texas, um, in Texas Hill Country. And the client we're out there with, they're very much about like the peaceful retreat zen you know, very relaxed stay vibe. Um, so we're not going to be trying to source or find and collaborate with, you know, influencers who are more of like the, um, you know, um, I guess sporty kind of, you know, uh, preppy feel, it's going to be more of like the Zen chill people kind of like Levi Kelly, who's just like, come look at the, like tour this, you know, so it's really asking like what's your brand right and do you care about how strict you are about that and if so what are the guidelines that you want for the people coming out
1: welcome to behind the stays a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Zach here. Quick question before we dive into today's chat. So Are you ever scrolling on Instagram and you see these, like, ridiculously beautiful Airbnbs that look like they're fresh out of a dwell or restoration hardware magazine? And have you ever wondered to yourself, like, how the heck are these hosts able to afford to furnish their spaces so elegantly? Well, I wondered this, too, until I found out that there's actually a secret that many of the best Airbnb hosts know that enable them to buy things like West Elm Media Consoles, crate and barrel couches, and parachute sheets at prices that you just really can't get anywhere else. And that secret... Well, it's Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. If you have more than one short-term rental, chances are that you use some sort of system for your property management, right? Whether it's like a guestie or an Uplisting. Well minoan is the system that hosts use for furnishing and refreshing their homes minoan provides hosts with a one-stop shop to get hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands and a system where you can manage all of the ordering all of the tracking all of the returns etc in one place which obviously just saves you a lot of time and money oh and the best part again is that minoan is totally free like no membership fees no annual dues nada like it's almost too good to be true except for the fact that, well, it is true. (laughs) And if you thought Minoan couldn't get any better, well, that's actually where you would be wrong. So I want you to stay tuned for more info in just about 15 minutes from now that'll make you want to sign up for Minoan the minute this episode is over. All right, so stay tuned in just a few minutes and hear a little bit more about why you want to sign up for your free, totally free Minoan account the minute this podcast is over. In just a moment, you'll meet Nate Veetz, founder of Content House, one of the most exciting media agencies serving the short-term rental community. After graduating from high school, Nate began working as a line cook. He loved the creative outlet that cooking offered so much that he wound up starting his own meal prepping business. And then COVID hit, and overnight, Nate's entire business model had to shift. It was stressful to say the least, but it was this world-changing moment that inspired him to pause and think about what he really wanted to do in the next chapter of his life. Tune in to hear the story behind how Nate saw an opportunity to help hospitality entrepreneurs build their brands and social media through a unique approach to content creation, social media strategy, and audience development. In this episode, Nate and I discuss how he convinced internet-famous Airbnb personalities like Levi Kelly and Isaac French to work with him, how he's helped dozens of clients go viral on Instagram and TikTok, the key to creating great content that doesn't break the bank, and how to measure the value of your Airbnb's following on social media. So get excited for this conversation, folks, and without further ado, get ready to meet Nate. All right, Nate. We are live, and you are fresh off a plane from Atlanta. How are you doing? Are you are are you going to make it through this uh,
0: next forty five minutes or so? I'm going to try my hardest, man. Yeah, <laughs> good though.
1: Been good. Uh, well, dude, I am pumped to talk with you because I've been able to follow a little bit of your work on social. We connected uh, over Instagram, uh, actually through Levi Kelly. And uh, since then, I've you know followed you and, and read a little bit more about you. And you've got like a really, really cool story. So I'm just excited. I think our listeners are gonna love getting to to meet you and hear about The Content House, which is your company. And um, I just wanna go ahead and dive right in. So uh, yeah. a few, I saw this on Twitter, actually. So uh, a thread that you wrote a couple months ago uh, a few years ago, you were working. Uh, if I, if I, uh, if if Twitter serves me correctly, as a as a line cook, and yeah. now you are leading this really cool up and coming uh, agency uh, media conglomerate in in the in the hospitality yeah. space called the Content House. So I want to just hear your story, man. Like, how does somebody who is working as a line cook get into video and social and and ultimately like content marketing? And how do you how do you find the the hospitality uh, niche to start creating content in? Where where does that story begin?
0: Yeah, so honestly, it it really began during COVID. Um, so a little background. Um, By trade, I started my career kind of out of high school as a chef and a line cook. So I was actually a chef for seven years, all the way from 2012, 2013 to 2020, right when COVID happened. Wow. Um, You know, during those seven years, I was a cook. I freelanced media on the side. It was never anything that I I loved to do. um, And I never really found my niche in, you know, photography and videography. I never wanted to do, you know, the one-off weddings or anything like that. That wasn't my jazz. So. I kind of always let that take a back seat to you know being a cook um and then early 2018 2019 i started up a meal prep company um so that was my first kind of endeavor into entrepreneurship Uh, and then COVID 19 happened and as everybody knows that shut down everything so our partnering restaurant got shut down and restricted to only carry out and then the meal prep company really had to carry me and my business partner at the time um through that through that time of us losing, you know, our jobs. Wow. Um so after COVID-19 happened, we actually made it through COVID-19 and all those lockdowns. Um our partner in restaurant ended up shutting down anyway though. Okay. Um and then I had the kind of choice right to Either find another partnering restaurant and you know continue on the meal prep stuff, which was doing really great or to pivot out of it into something that you know i'm I'm a little bit more passionate about the media stuff and figuring out, you know what's what's my next uh, what's my next career path? what's my next you know season of life? um you know, during during covid, uh, it was a really big um role of mine to be able to get the menus of the restaurant and my own company out on social media. so that's how I kind of got into the social media space. I started. Huh. Kind of doing it for the restaurant and in the cooking business, um, and then um, from there, really, once that stuff shut down, um, I started working with a couple of real estate agents and, and uh, real estate brokerages um, on social, and then you know from there, it's been just a, a, a crazy blur ever since. So yeah, um, yeah that's kind of like a really quick rundown of how we how we got here,
1: <laughs> dude. That's so, that's so that's so impressive. So you're. You're you, you're an entrepreneur, you started this business and then and then COVID hits, right? And all of a sudden things are shutting down left and right. Like there are all these restrictions that are in place. And you're thinking like, like, it's hard enough, right, to build a business when times are okay, and you can see people yeah. and places are open, right? It's yeah. incredibly hard. I can't even imagine how hard it was to, to kind of figure out how to do that in a totally different context. Um, and I know that a lot of people who are, who are listening into this conversation probably can, you know, probably feel your pain through a different angle where all of a sudden all of their... You know, bookings dried up, right? And uh <laughs> like, All yeah. right, well, how are we gonna pay the mortgage on these, you know, we just invested all this money in building these like really cool grain silos or A frames or whatever it is, and like and how are we gonna pay the bills? And so yeah, yeah it, certainly, certainly like COVID really, really hit the hospitality space like from from all angles. Um I'd say probably hospitality and education suffered the most, uh, in, in terms of at least those early days of COVID. So but but you so you've always done a little bit of media on the side, that seemed to be where you're where you you mentioned. That you weren't interested in doing like weddings necessarily. It wasn't. It wasn't that. You, it, seems, it sounds like you're a little bit more interested in sort of building building a company, right? Like like building building a business, and then you yeah. see this opportunity to, hey, maybe maybe now the time to build a business in 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 media. So, where talk to us about where like the idea for the content house came from. Was it was it sort of just uh, an organic transition? You got a couple projects and thought, hey, maybe I should. You know wrap these projects in the context of like a brand or or talk to us a little bit about how you built the content house
0: yeah so it it was kind of like that natural transition um getting a couple jobs and projects and then realizing what the business model was and how where the values were Hmm. uh with it if that makes sense so where the value add really was um, it was kind of like an aha moment. I remember, you know, getting into doing some shoots and some stuff for social media. Um, and then there was one night I just kind of woke up at like 3am, went to my computer and started typing up kind of the concept for Content House, you know, a um, a company that served businesses, small businesses, um, startups um, in, in a way that was seamless, right? For social media, for media um, that was end to end. And I think the really big aha like explosive moment for me was when i started realizing like the gap in the market right hmm. from you know the media side um media creatives you know we as as a freelancer i always charge like a lot and like usually to get media done it's very expensive so like as creatives we were always charging kind of per the hour per the project and it was always very transactional to me and that's why i never really got into the space yeah then you know looking at it from a business perspective. Um, businesses were having to pay you know five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars for these media assets. And with the scope of what social media is now, you know, getting delivered you know three or four short form videos, a couple photos for five grand, that's only gonna last you like a posting cycle of maybe a month. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of started realizing where that gap was, um both both as like myself as a creator, like I need to do better. And I think the creative industry needs to do better to facilitate creativity and make it accessible for businesses, but mm-hmm. also to make, um, you know, that media, um, you know, end to end and really serve a business. So that's kind of how it developed. Um, and, and it kind of went from there and, and from there we kind of niched down into real estate, um, and then got into the SCR space. And then now we work with a lot of Airbnbs and SCRs and we travel over and, you know, add that value.
1: All right, friends, it's me again with just a wee bit more info about our friends at Minoan. So in addition to providing hosts with a completely free system to help streamline furnishing and granting hosts access to hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands, Minoan also enables hosts to make their homes shoppable in a way that's subtle and also sophisticated. So here's an example of how this works. Let's say a guest sends you a message remarking how well they slept during their stay. And they ask, you know, what kind of mattress was in the master bedroom, because when they get home, they want to buy a new mattress because they had just such a beautiful night's sleep, right? Well, as it turns out, it was a purple mattress that you had ordered via Minoan when you were furnishing your home. Well, if that guest does go and buy a purple mattress, Minoan thinks that you should get a cut of that sale, right? After all, it was. Night's sleep on your mattress that convinced this guest that they had to have the same one. So, Minoan's technology enables folks to earn commissions on everything from mattresses to coffee makers and soaps to sofas. You can save on high end furnishings up front, and then if you want, you have the ability. For your guests buy the products that they fell in love with while they were staying at your vacation rental, so again, you don't have to do this, right? You can just use Minoan to buy these incredible, glorious furnishings for your home. You don't also have to make your home shoppable, but if you want to do that, Minoan provides a really easy, simple way to do this that does not, you know, disturb guest experience. It's not like there's like price tags on everything, right? Like it's a very subtle, very sophisticated you kind know, of like one little QR code. Uh, that you can post anywhere in your in your home. And folks can go and, and, and explore the, um, the furnishings uh, around your space just by scanning that. You can, QR code. you can throw it in your, on your kitchen sink, near your kitchen sink, or you could put it you know, near, uh, near the guest bedroom. Whatever it might be. right? Um, so I want you to take a moment right after this conversation, or you can pause the episode and do this right now. And I want you to sign up for a free account at knowingexperience.com. Please, please, please tell the folks there that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Head on over to Minoan, that's M-I-N-O-A-N, experience.com. And again, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate you taking some time to check out Minoan. And let me know what you think about their offerings. Dude, I I love this, and I want to actually dive in deeper to this because I actually think what you've just brought up is it's so important in in every industry, but especially in in sort of the hospitality space, just the short term rental space, which is still like a, a pretty nascent. Like obviously, vacation rental homes uh, have been around for for a while, and the vacation rental industry is is by no means new. And many of the people that I've had in the in uh, on this podcast are like leaders in that space, and they remind me all the time that like, hey, there was there were vacation rentals before anyone knew what Airbnb was, right? So I always like to add that that context when I talk about sort of the history here. But I think it's fair to say I think everyone could agree that we're in this like new chapter of of vacation rentals, of, of short term rentals, and, and Airbnb has absolutely accelerated that. I think beyond just Airbnb, there are a lot of people that are really interested, especially in I, I think that some of this has has people say it has to do with covid and i think absolutely but i also just think it has to do with sort of trends in work and how we are now working most many of us are working remotely on zoom on our laptops every all day every day and the idea of like being able to interact with something physically beautiful is just is is all the more important right when when you're not going and you're not walking to an office or commuting to an office all the time right you're just you're, the the space that you're operating in is, is quite frankly just small and limited. Even even if it's even if you have a big house, if you never really if you if you aren't a, a, you know commuting to an office or or spending lots of time going places, um, because because you can work from wherever, you the actual space that you interact with is relatively small so I, I think that because of that right people have wanted short-term rental space like has desired to design very bespoke very differentiated very beautiful spaces that don't feel anything like your 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 place back home right hotel rooms you know are are designed to be you know pretty similar uh you know being able to be turned over very quickly they have like a, people go to hotels for for the sake of consistency I feel like what's happened in short-term rentals is is the polar opposite, which is like everyone wants something different. I don't want to stay in something that looks like anywhere else that I've been. Right? There's at least a, a trend happening here. That's a very long way of saying that, as such, yeah. right? People have needed to spend time and money and effort trying to figure out how do I market this unique stay, right? Right? Or how do I how do I like promote this this differentiated offering that I'm that I'm creating? And OTAs like Airbnb are are one way to do that. But but to your point, Nate, like. I think the huge challenge is there There are no industry benchmarks, right? There's no like, oh, this is what you should pay an influencer who has this amount of following, who has like this particular artistic style, et cetera. And people want content. They, they understand the importance of content. I think Instagram has been a huge driver of direct booking growth for many, many short-term rental hosts. But to your yep. point, it's so freaking expensive. Spending five thousand dollars for a few reels and photos that's only going to last me, a, you know, a, a couple months. Like that, that, the, the the economics just don't make sense, right? They don't check out. So, how are you thinking about this? Like how? Like what? What code have you cracked? Or like how are right. you trying to wrestle with this question? Because I think this market is huge. But to your mm-hmm. point, because there are no benchmarks, because it's really hard to even get any sort of insight about how much people are paying people, if people are just giving away free stays or if they're paying people on top of a free stay, right? We we need some benchmarks here um, if we're gonna move the, the industry forward. So how have you wrestled with this like existential question?
0: Yeah. So I guess it's like the the way we go about it, um our, right. Our, our offer and our relationship engagement with our clients is it's all value based and it's all relationship based. Hmm. So when, when the conversation starts, it's never, you know, it is about the budget. It is about like, you know, we have a value that we need to get paid for and all that stuff, but it's more so about, you know, what is, what is your long-term goal as a, as a business, as an STR, you know, where do you wish to scale and how can we help you with that? And then from there, you know, that's, that's where our business model, kind of compromises is, you know, if somebody's in the beginning stages of scaling and they're, you know, in that build process, and they're probably putting a bunch of their money or investors money or loan money into something, and they can't afford, you know, five grand every two or three months on on content, or they can't afford that, you know, influencer that's going to charge them 10 grand or whatever. That's where we're able to work with them and say, Hey, because of our process, right? So our company, what we do is we'll go from all the way from the strategy development to the deployment of the content. So everything in between all the shooting, all the, you know, pre post production, all the on-site stuff, that's all, you know, stuff that we offer. And we're able to price, you know, our offer at a reasonable price for all of those services because it's so streamlined. Mm-hmm. So if, if, like you kind of look at it like this. If we charge based on the video, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Um, If the client doesn't like a video, there could be revision, which is like a huge chunk of time. Um, Delivering all of that stuff is a huge commitment, like all that stuff. So because we're able to hone in on the overall strategy and the long-term strategy, our media team is able to move probably 10 to 15 times faster than a normal media team pushing out videos. So our company, we put out, for our clients we put out anywhere from 50 to 60 pieces of content a week for our clients so that's a team that's of crazy, you know man. yeah yeah team yeah we're pretty lean too so it's like we have me, and then I have my media lead, and then we have one other editor slash videographer. So there's we're a lean team, and the only way we're able to do that is because of the way we engage with our clients. If that makes sense.
1: So is it so? Just so I understand this correctly, like when you talk about understanding kind of where where someone's trying to trying to go, and, and I know that you've you've worked with some like really cool folks in the space, some like what I would call like internet famous Airbnb people, like the Levi Kellys of the world and, and Isaac French's of the world. Uh, so when you talk about sort of thinking about where where your are, want to go are you are you saying you have a call with somebody right they maybe they have like a uh, uh, an a-frame or something and they're interested in over the next kind of two years i want to build a portfolio of five a-frames and they're all going to be in like i don't know colorado right the the greater denver area or something like that you're saying you you guys will you know say great zach because that's your goal that's what you're trying to do here's sort of the media plan that you know we'd like to propose and then you guys are helping me soup to nuts from creating the content obviously editing editing the content uh promoting the content and then i would imagine sort of like reporting reporting on the the content all while sort of growing growing the audience right as well is that is that accurate
0: yeah yeah
1: whereas so and the reason like this is you're able to streamline this and it's probably more affordable is because most of the time right? People, those are, those are different skill sets that you're hiring out. Like you're hiring somebody to do the content maybe, right? Or you're bringing the influencer, they're going to give you some photos and maybe, you know, a reel or two, but they're just going to give it to you. Then you have to do the work of promoting it. And you might not know how to effectively make content, you know, scale or, or go viral. Whereas if you guys have that skill set, you're, you're kind of shooting, right? From the, from the perspective of, okay, we are designing, we are shooting this to be, to go viral on Instagram um and and therefore once it comes to posting that you you kind of have done the hard work of figuring out what you need to make sure that it you know you you do everything that you possibly can to make sure that the algorithm favors your content
0: yeah exactly yeah like when we're out on site and you know we just got back from atlanta right we were we're in atlanta we're shooting a client out there and you know when we're on site we're out there we're thinking about okay what is what is one, the brand and the message of their, you know, their company. It's really important to us to, to stick to that, adhere to that. We know that, you know, all of our clients when we're, when we're t- any, any type of business, you know, we know that's their baby and we know that social media is super dopamine filled. So it's usually like really emotional for them. And it's like, how do we represent them the best that we can? Yeah. So we're constantly thinking about that. And then, like you said, the second part of that is how are we shooting now for successful content five months from now? Hmm when we are going out and shooting, we're not just shooting for four videos. We're shooting, and I like to imagine as like, like a layered cake. We're shooting to layer the content on itself for the next five to six months, hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah, we're thinking about the end result and the end strategy when we're out there shooting. Whereas if you just hired me as a media person and said, hey, I want this kind of reel, these kind of photos, you're just getting that as a, a media asset instead of as a social media strategy. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: No, it makes a lot of sense. So, how did yeah. you? How did you like so quickly? You know, get get in, uh, uh, get to get to work with some people like 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 Isaac French because you know he's he's obviously you know the founder for those who don't know of of Live Oak Lake. Like he's built a really really cool brand for himself. Um and and how but how how, how did that come to fruition? And like how have you 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 also work with lots of other people who have built really cool uh, spaces um, stays in the space. How did you go from being a, a, an outsider, really, right? Like you, are mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, right? But you are you are a line cook. You're putting the, you're doing kind of like a meal meal planning services and whatnot. How do you go from that to landing clients of some of the most like well known and, and highly regarded short rentals in the space?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, I actually had a business partner who was in the, in the space and we worked together. He was able to get our foot in the door. Um, since, since I've been working, since I was working with him, we were able to, you know, that's how I got connected to Isaac French, a couple of the other clients, uh, since we parted ways though, it's really just partnering with people like, you know, other people in the industry, Levi Kelly, um, you know, Isaac French gives us a bunch of referrals. So as soon as we got into the industry, I knew, you know, we need to one, um, show out and show you know str owners the one the value yeah but two just the relationship side of our business like we're with you for you know hopefully the the extended time that you're doing this this project or this business um so once we got once i got the foot in the door for the company it was really how do we prove that we should be here and then how do we constantly get the the results and the quality and the consistency of that relational promise um, And then from there, like I said, like uh, Isaac French, great dude, really close with him and he's a client. So, you know, as soon as we develop those relationships, it's really, you know, it, it's just the concept of, you know, building a really good brand for your company. You know, you do good work, you you're good people. And then, you know, from there, the, the people, the clients, the employees that work with you and for you, they, they do kind of the heavy lifting, right? Like they, they're like, oh, well, I'll champion you and I'll put you in front of more people because you do great stuff. So I think that's just like at the core of what we do. Um, you know, we're trying to put out the best stuff and have the best relation relationships with our clients as we can. Um, and I think that that's just really skyrocket, skyrocketed the business.
1: Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new TMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the scenes a five star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z A C H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review. Please. All right, guys. Back to the show. As you as you think about sort of your your target customer here, because I'm I'm thinking too. Right, I think one one of the things I like to remind people of is that like not everybody needs uh, a media partner, right? Or or uh, an agency, or or not everyone needs to be having influencers and creators kind of come out every couple weeks to shoot content. Like if you've got if you if you know you've got one short term rental that's like really cool and you'd you, you love it, right? If you just get a kick out of people taking cool photos of your stuff, then great. Like, and if it's no, you know, if you can afford to kind of give up a couple night stays and throw a few hundred bucks, a couple, couple G, right, at these folks or whatever it costs to, to bring them to your place, then by all means, like, you know, to each his own, right? But I think sometimes there's this temptation. And and one of the things I like to be really cognizant of on, on this show is that not everyone needs to build a brand for their short-term rental. Like, there are plenty of people who can do great work build a great business right make make good money in this space and they don't need to have an Instagram account right and then there are other people where it's like no like if you are if you are really interested in building a hospitality brand if you're interested in building differentiation if you care at all about increasing direct bookings not everyone does and not everyone should but if you do care about that like you do need content like you need a brand you need people to know that they can google your name right and find your direct booking site as opposed to just finding you on airbnb i literally had like the number of people of, of friends that i have too that are avid airbnb users that are now um you know that, that are basically now uh, listening to my show, and they're like, "Hey, you you talk about direct bookings all the time. Like, how the heck do you actually find a host direct booking site, right?" And I've been trying to educate people on like, here's how you do it. Like, honestly, the the best way is to kind of copy and paste the name of the Airbnb into Google and see if you can find it that way. Like, there's not like a great inventory, a great directory, rather of of direct booking sites. But all that is to say is that if you do care about these things, you do need to invest in in content. But my question for you, Nate, is like. How th- this is so this is so fractured. And the, again, there, there aren't great benchmarks here. How yeah. how do people figure out like who to work with and like who not to work with? And a lot of folks who have cool places get hit up now by everybody that has, you know, a, even like a small following. Everyone wants to be an influencer. Everyone wants to be a creator. Everyone wants a free night stay to come shoot at your place. How do yeah. people like figure out who to work with and who not to work with?
0: Yeah. So I like what you were saying about, you know, not everybody needs that, um, the brand, the content, all that stuff. Um, for us, when we're talking to clients, it's really like when we're, when we're first having that first kind of in- interaction with, with a new um, possible clients, really the question of there's, there's kind of two types that we're, we're looking at. Usually it's you know, the normal investors who have, you know, just a massive STR folder or portfolio, right? Um, And that's usually like in Florida or Colorado or somewhere where it's like a high traffic, like vacation spot. Yeah. And yeah. it's like those people, they don't need that. Or, you know, on the other end of that, it's like people who have like a family cabin and they might want to put it up. And I'm like, well, I don't think that you really need to hire us for that, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the other side of that is what you're talking about. It's the more boutique kind of mini- um mini resort mini um hotel style um like airbnbs They have like a really awesome concept and for those people you know when you're talking about having influencers come out because that's something that we help our our partners and our clients with too is you know how do we stri- strategically bring out the right people for you um you know what's the best timing for that and what does that logistically look like but what we i always ask right say you're like a, a client of mine and you're like hey nate how do we how do we know who to work with? Yeah. I always ask kind of two questions. Do you care about if they align with your brand and what your culture is about at your, you know, business and or at your, you know, stay? If you're somebody who is You know, um, like, for example, we just were out in Texas, um, in Texas Hill Country, and a client we're out there with, they're very much about like the peaceful retreat, zen, you know, very relaxed stay vibe. Hmm. Um, So we're not going to be trying to source or find and collaborate with, you know, influencers who are more of like the, um, you know, Um, I guess, sporty kind of, you know, uh, preppy feel. It's going to be more of like the zen, chill people, kind of like Levi Kelly, who's just like, come look at the, like tour this, you know? So it's really asking like, what what's your brand? Yeah. Right. And do you care about how strict you are about that? And if so, what are the guidelines that you want for the people who are coming out? Because it doesn't even matter if somebody has a hundred thousand or ten thousand followers or if they do great media or really crappy media. It's like if if they don't align with your audience it doesn't really matter. Right. Like yeah. the whole point of them coming out is to influence. So it's like, if their audience doesn't click with yours or vice versa, then the point of them coming out is almost like it's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the second thing is really looking like once you find those people you want to partner with to, to narrow that list down, you know, is what does what their audience look like? And how engaged is their audience? And, and you know, what what is the benefit of them coming out? Are you just wanting to get content in media? In that case, then find somebody who is really talented, who might have a background in media or has a number of years doing this uh, niche down in the STR space, who's going to produce you great media, right? For a listing, for listing photos or listing videos or for a promotional on, um, you know, Instagram for, you know, ads. So finding somebody who has great media, um, background yeah. and then, you know, um, you know, what is their audience like? Like if you're trying to, you know, tap into their audience, um, looking at just followers isn't enough, right? Yeah. Cause we all know, uh, especially in social media, especially in, you know, the world we're in some people, they could have bought their, you know, 250,000 followers. Yeah. Uh, and others could have worked really hard for their 30,000 followers and they're going to bring you in a lot more business or a lot more connections than the the person with a lot more following. Yeah. So I think looking at those two things, right? Like do they align with your brand and what you want to accomplish with your SCR? And then, you know, what is the quality of the qualities that you're looking for when the when you find those people who align, are you looking for, you know, great media? Are you looking for great exposure? Are you looking for engagement? And then kind of narrowing down from there.
1: Yeah. Those are those are awesome pro tips. Nate, what do you think is like the best way for people to assess engagement? So like, let's say I find somebody that I think I'm interested in working with uh, or they DM me, right? And to your point, maybe they have like, you know, 50,000 followers, right? How do I know whether or not they're a a highly engaging uh, account, whether or not their audience cares about what they post, right? Is it, do I just need to go stalk their feed and look at how many likes and comments they have? Or what, like, how do you think about assessing quality of, of, of audience, if you will?
0: Yeah. So the first thing I personally do is I'll get on there, you know, and look at an influencer or look at a, a possible partner. And I'll say, you know, okay, they have 30,000 followers. What are, how are their reels performing though? How is there how are their photo posts performing? So mm. I'll go then to, I usually immediately click on the reel tab because, you know, right now video content is king, especially short form. Yeah. So I'll go there and see, okay. Um, they have 30,000 followers but you know, um, XYZ real has 80,000, 120,000 and 40,000 views. And then going to that, it's like, okay, now those have a bunch of shares, a bunch of comments that are really engaged. And then that's how I kind of, um, um, I guess gauge how that engagement is for them. Um, because again, like you can go to somebody who has a million followers and they might only get, maybe they only get 30,000 like views and it's like, well, that person's worth just as much as somebody who has 30,000 followers and is getting 30, you know what I'm saying? Like the ratio is way um, like way marginally better. So I always look at just, and it's really easy. Just go to the reels tab. And you can see how their stuff performs. Yeah. Um, and if it's performing good, that means that they're engaged with their audience. That means they're consistent. And that means they're putting out good stuff. And that's somebody who you'd probably want to work with.
1: Yeah, whereas like on the counter, right? If they've got 30,000 followers, you go to the Reels tab and you know they have... 50 80 200 views on on their reels probably probably something's off there right probably something's exactly. a little bit sketchy with the account right yep. um, and or they and or they were really popular and then just haven't invested enough time in kind of keeping up with the quality of their content that their audience initially fell in love with um, that yep. they're probably not at a space that, you, that you'd that you want to work at. What's interesting about what you just said, uh, Nate, too, is I, I've done some uh, partnerships with, with creators as well and just to kind of promote subscribers uh, or increase uh, subscribers to, to my newsletter. And what's funny is I, I have found, I've worked with folks that have hundreds of thousands of followers and folks that have like a thousand followers, right? It, and yeah. a, a few in between. And I have actually found like the, the sweet spot to be the the 20 to 30K uh, individuals. And I, I, don't, I don't know why it is other than like, a combination of like they're they're still affordable you know in theory at yeah. that juncture they're not charging you like thousands and thousands of dollars um and it does seem like If you're at that that juncture and you're regularly producing good content, you've worked as you mentioned really hard to earn that audience, and you probably have a loyal following. Once you're at that like hundreds of thousands of dollar mark, like you probably you probably don't care as much, right? Or like or you've bought some followers or you know whatever. And then if you're at the thousand, you know, uh, uh, mark, you might have really good content, and I've worked with people that have great content at that level. But again, it's just not your reach isn't isn't big large enough yet in order for it to be worth right my continued investment um and so yeah, yeah. I, I love what you said there about uh hopping over to the reels tab using that as a, as a signal about whether or not uh a, a creator might be worth partnering with
0: yeah and you know even with um you know smaller like i guess i mean i guess like a hundred thousand like 30 to 100,000 is still micro yeah like i people still consider that micro but i consider micro like anything under 10,000 or anything under 15,000. And it's like, uh, especially for a long-term strategy, I always find it important to still engage with those people like they have 100,000 followers. Yeah. Because you never really know. Like, I mean, even my personal account, which I don't invest a lot of time into anymore because the business is so like busy. But like, even my personal account, I went from 1,900 followers to almost 10,000 in less than, you know, four weeks.
1: Wow.
0: It's like you... With the way that social media is now, um, virality comes in like at such a weird at weird times, right? It's so volatile. So, and even though somebody might reach out who only has three, 000, five thousand followers, still engage with them, still possibly even work with them if you think that they're their content's good enough. The way that they, um, the way that they want to do business with you is like, really like they're communicating good. They seem to be really good people. Like I'd say still invest into those relationships and yeah. possibly work with those people, even if they don't have that reach, because who knows, uh, um, a month down the line, you know, they could, <laughs> you know, John might have 5,000 now, but a month down the line, he has a Fifty thousand followers, a hundred thousand followers. So you never really know. Um, but I'd say definitely still look into those into those micro influencers because they could be highly valuable too in the long run.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a fantastic p- uh, bit of advice as well. Last minute cancellations suck, and that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnb has become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any free night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a guest kind of and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested date As a host, you will immediately get get paid email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates. which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. Nate, I want to talk about virality because I think one yep. you know, you've helped many of your clients uh go viral and I think that that's something that a lot of people listening to this podcast would love to be able to do. Like what what have you learned about sort of the 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 necessary sort of like framing and or the 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 necessary like context that you the necessary context that you need to create in order to give you the best chance at at going viral.
0: Yeah. Um it's going to sound really cliché and annoying, but From what I found, it's a mindset thing. The best way to go viral is to not try to try not to go viral. Like, (laughs) you're not thinking about going viral, if that makes sense. Like, the best way to get there is to have the exact opposite mindset. Um, I feel when you really want to go viral, you put so much pressure onto each piece of content that you do and put out. Hmm. And that's where a lot of people fail and give up is because they'll do, you know, 10 reels and they'll put a bunch of time into it, or they'll pay somebody a bunch of money to do it. And then they won't go viral yeah yeah and the biggest the biggest piece of advice if you're listening to this and you want long-term success you want to reach millions of people which putting that into context millions of people is a like a crazy amount of people like if you were to put that much money into an ad to try to reach that many people it's not even possible like it's it's just like economically not impossible if you like thinking about a million people like that's a lot of people Um, and if you want to get to that point though it's it's super practical to, to think it's possible on these platforms now but the only way to do that is through consistency and the only way to stay consistent is to take the expectation out of social media and to take you know all of that the angst around like is something performing or not performing and really just narrow down into you know what's the quality that you're posting? How, how frequently are you posting and staying consistent with that? And then just stick to that until you see results. And I tell people all the time, if you stick to something, if you stick to, you know, even in life, just if you stick to it and and then you consistently get better, even if it's 1% each day, you're going to have success. And it's the same thing with this. And it's the same thing we see with clients. Some clients will get on their account. We'll onboard them. I'll log in. I'll post the first reel and it'll hit 1.5 million. We've had that happen. Or like the first week and it's like, oh, great. Like it set, sets crazy expectations, but we've already proved that it works and it's awesome. Other clients will onboard, we'll work our butts off for six to eight months. We'll go out and shoot two to three times. We'll we'll absolutely put put our all into it. And we won't see anything for six to eight months. And then the ninth month or the fifth month, it'll you know go viral or something will explode for them. And I think that's the biggest thing is if you want to have success on these platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, it's all about consistency. It's all about constantly showing up each day or hiring somebody like us to show up <laughs> each day and put, you know, the sweat and the, the the hard work equity into it and to consistently do that. But that's that's my biggest piece. And I know it's super cliche, like stay consistent, but that's really, that's really it. If you look at anybody who is. Come up in the industry, or even come up on social media in the last year or two years, it's just because they kept posting when other people didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, Oh, so well said, dude. I, I just got chills at that last line. I think that that's that's yeah, that's that's you know that's the god's honest truth. On that note too, um, when when it comes to when it comes to uh, going viral, right, and the people like everyone wants that, right? Everyone wants a reel to go viral. But to to your point, as you were talking. if if you go viral with one reel and somebody goes and clicks over to your your profile, right? Um, And then they see just a bunch of like crappy content, right? Or they don't see much content. They might follow you still. um, But at the same time, they're not going to be engaged with you or they're not going to remember you in any sort of like meaningful way because people have horrible like memories to begin with right and so if you if you're not if you even if you're not going viral for six months nine months a year after posting consistent content maybe that's actually better because if if at the six month mark you do go viral right people go they click over to your profile and they they see all this beautiful content that you've spent the last six months kind of putting out that's probably better than Hey, the first time you post a reel, right? It just it just goes viral, and so I think that uh, to your point, consistency is super important. I would also just say quality of content, right? Unfortunately, like we're we're in a moment where people just demand high quality content. So again, if you if you care about building a brand, which you might not care. But if you're listening to this podcast, chances are that you that you do. If you care about building a brand, I, I really do think that you either you need to be investing this, investing in this yourself or to your Nate's point, you need to find somebody that can help do this for you or with you, because people just don't like crappy looking content like and there is unfortunately like there, there are a lot of people that, you know, uh, that don't they don't get this yet. So if you are looking at Instagram as a as an acquisition channel of new direct bookings, which you should be. I do think that justifies sort of at least your time, if not somebody else's time spent taking this uh, taking this a little bit seriously. It's funny, it's funny you mentioned like consistency, Nate. I um so this podcast, right? I uh it started off as like a weekly podcast. I now do like twice a week. Sometimes I throw in like a third episode. But um the number one literally like the, the factor, the factor that has helped me me grow. Um, is from 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 what I, from what I can tell is just consistency. When I like when I every once in a while I'll, like you know miss one episode in a week right or whatever or I'll be like or I'll look back to when I was only publishing one time a week and I see sort of the month over month growth versus one time a week versus two times a week and it's mm-hmm. night a night and day difference right and yeah. and it really is I think just just about consistency. I'm not doing anything fancy. I'm not you know I'm not advertise. I'm not I'm not paying to promote my content right like it's it's purely organic and the only yeah. thing the only thing that i can see as to why it's grown is is you know really kind of doubling down and and quite frankly doing doing content even doing even more content than i was doing before and also ensuring that you know i bring on great people like you um but but the reality right. is consistency is a totally underrated strategy and it's underrated because everyone wants the cheap fix everyone wants the quick yep. like get rich quick kind of thing we all want that even if we say that we don't but the reality right. of the situation is like you know, there's, there's just, there's no free or easy path to, to success. It really just comes down to being consistent.
0: Yeah. 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 That's like the main thing that I, you know, we tell our clients is like, what we do is not a, a aid fix. It's not a, a, a get, a get rich or get a million views quick scheme. Like what we're doing is building a brand essentially like we're brand building and that yeah. can take a very extensive amount of time. And, you know, again, like, Being consistent is the key to success. And not just that, but just like consistently, like you said, adding value with your content and having quality content. So for us, it's like quality content, what for what it looks like to us is content that does something for your audience. So Hmm. it's either gives them you know something to to think about to it, it educate educates them sorry um it makes them laugh it entertains them or you know it, it gives them something visually pleasing which the sdr space that's most of what we're messing with right it's show, how can we showcase this beautiful spot and really make people appreciate that through a phone screen so yeah. it's like how do you add that value and how do you continue to up that quality because Quality looks different for everybody in all all different industries, and especially for the SDRs. Like you can you can hit the, that value add and that quality of content piece in a, a in a lot of different creative ways. But again, you have to just show up every day with the mindset of, "I'm on here to find what that value is for my for my customers and my and my clientele and my and you know the possible people who are going to come and stay with me." And doing that day by day.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. There, that was uh, that was really well said. Uh, Nate, I do want you to unpack, if you don't mind, uh, a little bit of like, how, uh, what sort of metrics your clients are are looking for with with respect to success, right? So I I do think a question people will have here is like, okay, great, like I understand I need to be consistent, I need to create great content, but like, what when when you're working with 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 clients, and I'm sure it varies depending on the client, but like how what what sort of metrics of success are they using to evaluate? whether or not it's working, right? Or like, like, how do you define it? Is it, is it bookings that they can associate with your real, Like, like how, how, how granular are you getting? Uh, and then how are you helping ensure that you're equipping people with good ways of thinking about your value?
0: Yeah. So again, the first thing we always, you know, not to be annoying and go back to it, but it's like the first thing we measure is that consistency. We tell them, you know, like our biggest goal in the next six months is to go from, instead of you posting, six times one week and then no, none at all for a month, we are going to get to get us to a spot where we are putting out good quality content that adds value at least every other day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing that we measure. And the first kind of framework of expectation is, Hey, like the biggest thing we need to do right now is just start being consistent. Yeah. And then from there, you know, we try, we do a lot of like kind of mindset coaching almost with clients and consultancy where it's like, Hey, you have to unhinge your your need to see these metrics and KPIs happen right now. Yeah. Because a lot of people will be like, well, what's the ROI? I need to see it in six months. Yeah. But it's like, that's not how organic traffic works. Yeah. That's not how you can't just force somebody to appreciate like, and then trust your stuff enough on social media within 10 seconds. That's what usually the attention span of a reel is. Yeah. And then go and book a multi-thousand dollars sometimes like vacation, yeah. possibly out of state. So it's like, you have to think about like what kind of product are you selling? Like it's going to take a while to convince your audience to engage with you to the point of them spending money on your stay. Yeah. And then from there, obviously like we're, we're talking about, you know, a huge investment to work with us. And, you know, obviously that that needs to have some kind of KPIs and metrics but once we get that mindset of, okay, it's just about the consistency, unhinge all your expectations, we then go to, okay, once we do start seeing data and all the the trends that we think we can capitalize on, like the KPIs, what we're looking for is, again, what's the reach of the the best performing content? And then what's the engagement of that? Are people sharing it? Um, for the SCR space, we definitely utilize um, CDAs or call to actions that get people to tag others in it. Yeah. Yeah. So- getting that FOMO. So it's like, Hey, tag somebody who you'd want to stay here with, or tag somebody who needs this in their life or tag somebody who needs a vacation. That's been putting it off. And then we'll look at, you know, the biggest thing for us is like, are we getting like, you know, is, is Jenny Lou, you know, tagging 20 of her besties in that. And then they're tagging 10 more. So we're looking, I'm kind of looking always for shares and tags in the comments yeah, because that's an indicator that one, um, the client we're working with project or STR um, is worthy of having this investment into social because you're creating huge FOMO. Yeah. And then from there, you know, we're looking at, okay, are those people then going and clicking on the external link? And that's what shows up, you know, when you're going into the professional tab of, of Instagram. Yep. That's like the actual like verbiage that is used in there that you can look at external link clicks. Um, go to that metric, and that's the biggest metric we're looking for. How are we getting people from that that reel to the profile for a follow, then to an external link click outside of you know Instagram? Because that's where the booking happens. That's where you know the purchase happens, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, conversion. Um, and then from there, we we can't really touch anything else, and we can't take accountability for anything because it's like we could bring. Five thousand people to your your website, but if your website's garbage and it has a terrible customer experience, nobody's gonna book or yes. they're gonna exit. So that's the main things we're looking at. Is you know the viewage on the reels? How are people engaging? Are they wanting to share it with others? And then are those shares and are those um, you know is that outreach then turning into an external link click that is then going to engage with you um, you know to purchase or to book or to you know have some kind of uh, you know trip happen for them
1: yeah yeah i i that's so that's gold this is great um on, on that note too i think when it when it comes to setting sort of these these expectations right i i like i think about my own travel experience and there were there were times where i'd watch like a, a levi kelly video like there was very specifically this time in franklin tennessee where uh, Levi had shot like a like a barn house or something out there. And I saw yeah. it and I was like, oh, dude, this is sick. Like I, you know, and I, my wife and I were gonna like be in that area anyways. It's like, oh, let's book like a few nights at this place. I went and I booked uh, on Airbnb. And you know, the, the host like never once asked me like, hey, how did you hear about this? Or how did you see it or anything like that, right? And yeah. little do they know that like literally the reason I found their place was because of Levi's video, right? And like, had it not yeah. been for Levi's video, wouldn't have found their place. Wouldn't have, you know. Wouldn't have stayed because I wasn't real. I wasn't like convinced that I was going to go to Franklin, Tennessee. I was initially looking at Nashville, right. But then after seeing the video, I was like, oh well, hey, Nashville's not that far away. Like, let's just do this instead, right? It'll be cooler. Right. Um, and I bet that that happens a lot for your for your clients. And I think one of the one of the biggest points of friction in terms of like measuring real ROI is finding creative ways to be like hey how did you hear about us or hey you know you know when, when a guest inquires or when they book it's like hey by any chance did you you know how did you hear about us sometimes people don't remember right like but it's yeah. so you could even ask a question like by any chance uh, have you, you know, seen this video? Or by any chance, uh, would you have heard about us from a podcast we were on, or whatever it is? Like, I, I yeah. think that when you start asking those questions, people might realize, holy shit, there's like way more ROI from this work yeah. that I'm doing with Content House than I realized. Yeah. Be, but people just have bad memories of how they found out about a place, right? They might see a reel, they might right. have gone to Airbnb, they might have favorited it, then come back to it, and then completely forgot that the original way that they found this was through Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's definitely something that we constantly are vigilant about, like communicating to our, our, our partners and clients, right? Like sometimes the ROI can be a hundred percent skewed. Like it's very, it's very hard to give an exact number. Yeah. So that's something where it's like, if you're, if you're a heavily, you know, analytics and KPI driven person, it's like, we're probably not the best because it's like, we're not that we're vague, but it's like, again, it's very hard to track that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And it's really hard to, you know, give, give the value where, you know, credit where it's due. I mean, I always like to, um, kind of give the, the, um, the framing of imagine like a logo, right? Like what's the value of a logo? What's the value of Apple's Apple logo? Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to track that? Right. Or, Um, you know, how are you going to, um, how are you going to be able to, um, you know, take that, what that is and add, like put a a, A monetary uh, value. Yeah. A monetary value. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, you know, and, and you can't really do that. So it's like, you know you really have to look at it as um and there's a, a terminology in in real estate that I hear a lot of real estate agents and brokers use. it's it's called being top of mind, yeah, right. yeah, and I use that all the time with clients. it's 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 really like look, you need to look at it as a brand investment when you when you do these things, when you put out content, when you have great branding, a great website, a great customer interaction, great website and booking experience. You're staying top of mind with them. Even yeah. if they go all the way through that funnel, they click out and they don't go to you, and they don't book immediately. You're still top of mind for your area for you know what it is that you're um, you're offering, and that's heavily valuable, right? Like that's yeah. that's long term valuable. That's where you know the Apple logo again. Like, is that quantifiable? No, like you can't really know. But ten years down the line, look at them now. Anybody who sees that logo, they know. Oh, top of mind. That's the best brand to buy tech from yeah so it's the same thing
1: yeah 100 percent, dude um well hey nate this has been great i love what you're doing i think content house is is super super cool um we'll have links to content house to your instagram to all the fun stuff in the show notes below so folks want to learn a little bit more about you a little see some of your work um they'll be able to do so easily um but anywhere else you'd want folks to kind of go and find you if they're interested in learning a little bit more about what you guys do and or just taking a look at your work
0: um, yeah, no. You can follow us uh, at thecontenthouse.io on Instagram, and then you can also go to our website. That's also uh, thecontenthouse.io. Uh, it has all the information about you know our process, uh, what it looks like to work with us, um, and yeah, you can find all our work on there.
1: Perfect, man. Well, hey Nate, super appreciative of your time. Thanks for all the work that you're doing and helping elevate the space and helping create really, really dynamic content around it. It's your work is impressive. I'm a huge fan. So appreciate you taking time to come talk to us today. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. Okay. That was kind of weird, but, um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.